despite appearances, there was some A-League action this weekend, and the Destruction in the Box podcast is here to take you through every closed border, postponed fixture, and team beaten by the very men who single-handedly built them. My name's Rudy Etzel. I'm joined by Dan Fisher. G'day. How are you going? I'm good. I'm good. I've got Andrew Clark as well. Hey, Rudy. And, uh, of course, uh, Chris Alloy joins us this evening. Hey, Chris. G'day. Good, thanks, Rudy. How are we going, boys? Yeah, good. It was... um... There was some games on this weekend somehow. It's yeah, plural, uh, just a couple. Plural, yeah, just a couple. It just it only takes um, one border closure and the whole A League is stuffed. <laughs> we were so looking forward to the uh, you know the rematch of Victory v Brisbane as well. Unfortunately, uh, didn't come through. I, I do find it interesting though that um, Marco Rojas did his hammy in the first game for for Victory, and he won't miss. He actually won't miss a game. Yeah. I don't think. Like he'll be, he'll have his hammy. He'll be recovered by the three weeks it takes. Uh, it takes uh, victory to get, get back into it. Uh, all right, let's kick off with our observations uh, as usually we usually do. And uh, mine comes from the the weekend of W League action. Uh, myself, Melbourne Victory took on Melbourne City in a in a in a derby game um, at I think it was Epping. They that had to move it down. Um, and Lisa Devanna at the age of thirty six. <laughs> Scored one of the most ridiculous goals you'll see of the weekend with uh, like she's sort of taken the ball from defense, uh, faked out Jenna McCormack, gone past another defender, uh, and then like pretty much like given the keeper the eyes and slotted it in the far corner. She would have run 55 meters, I reckon, (laughs) with the ball at her feet. Yeah. Yeah. And and just smoked defenders. And it all looked so easy for her. And she's still just. uh, just showing peas at this level, Lisa Devanna, the age of thirty-six, outrageous stuff. Mm. Look, there was some like, um, you know, like in like the early FIFA games where if you just found like, a specific line that you could run, you could just take the ball the length of the pitch. It was like, um, yeah. it looked like one of those goals. FIFA 06. I know. I, I still remember <laughs> the exact spot. <laughs> I remember it well. She's a freak. Usually at this age, you start losing a yard of pace, but it, it almost feels like she hasn't lost anything, or if anything, she's gained. She, she spoke. Two people, like basically half her age. It was yeah. ridiculous. There he is. Yeah, it was. It was. It was really cool to watch. And um, Victor ended up winning six nil, which is more or less unprecedented in in the W League. I reckon that's. I reckon that's more goals than City have conceded for the last two seasons. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. That's a, that's a big deal. Uh, Clarky, what's your observation of the weekend of Australian football action? I'm going to uh, just shine a light on the uh, powerful haircuts of the Petratos brothers. So uh, I didn't mention it last week, but uh, Costa Petratos sort of marked his ascent to the elder Petrati of the A-League with thug as fuck cornrows. Uh, he, he, he pulled those out this week, but then Mackie comes on at like the 80th minute or something like that, and he's sporting what is frankly a spectacular 80s mullet that wouldn't look out of place in an Ice House cover band down at a leagues club. <laughs> it was fantastic. Ivor <laughs> Davies himself was jealous. <laughs> That's great. It's, I like the um, the the first the the cornrows are like you know when you play San Andreas and you get you get a bit of money and you're like straight to the barber. I'm getting cornrows. <laughs> <laughs> it's exactly what, what he's done last week. Yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, it's quality. Uh, Dan, what's your uh, what's your observation from this weekend, please? Uh, so I'm also in and around the W League and, and the same game that you uh, you talked about, Rudy. Uh, it was actually a, a venue change there, um, so they were scheduled to play that game uh, down uh, down in Dandenong, uh, Frank. Frank Holloway Soccer Complex had to move it up to uh, Faulkner. Um, and there's not a lot of information that's getting about uh, as to why it had to get moved apart from um, just like issues with the pitch and the, the weather had been fine in Melbourne. So um, short of uh, short of any sort of rational explanation, um, we're just going to have to assume that um, that people have done doughies on the field. Mad <laughs> <laughs> doughies. Well, yeah, it's certainly a pastime down down in uh, in Dandenong. I think the first Krispy Kreme in in Melbourne was uh, was down in Narry Warren. So you know, donuts are a, a very uh, a, a favorite <laughs> favorite part of the southeast. The southeast <laughs> always Dandenong. part of the fabric of the southeast. <laughs> it, it could potentially um, form some part of the a possible rebrand of um, Melbourne City going to the southeast. Um, the donuts reflective of yeah. their trophy cabinet as well. So <laughs> that's a bit harsh. They've got an FFA cup. Oh, please. That's a Mickey Mouse competition. It's a trophy. <laughs> a Mickey Mouse comp. It is. Um, they're going to have to take the uh, the whale out of the, the badge, turn it into a donut. And they go, yeah. <laughs> I, you guys didn't forget the badge, did you? The, <laughs> the famous Melbourne <laughs> City badge. Uh, Chris, what's your observation, please? Um, this week I noticed that there was a uh, Football Australia have released a a white paper um, around the potential um, introduction of a domestic transfer system. Now I know that some it's been a hot topic for some time, and and um, you know a, a lot of people have called for this. And um, my first thought though was that um, that a domestic transfer system might potentially jeopardise the um, the getting you know people getting mutual. And I was worried. Um, I was like, are we still going to have scope for mutuality? That that's my biggest concern. So if, if a listener, um, if a listener could kindly read the document, and I know that um, I know that a, a, a fellow Shane, um, one of our listeners, Shane, reached out to us on Facey and and did um, talk about this. Shane, if you can read the the seventy six page document, and just <laughs> is there still scope for mutuality? Because that's what we at Destruction of the Pod do need to know. Um, yeah. We can't be having transfer fees; it'll ruin. 90, 95% of our content. So we need to know to get this right uh, before think, FFA do any anything stupid. Um, I here. think even if they, even if there is no more scope for mutuality, like I think that the A-League, the A-League abides, man. Like it'll find a way to make transfers comedy gold for us. I'm sure. It might, it. I thought about it and what I was thinking, Dan, was it might just mean mutuality is that more rare Easter egg. It might just, you know, it won't be the, it won't won't be the only path. It'll be, uh, you know, an, a little used path. It's like no, that's, no transfer fee, mutuality. Even that, that will be more prized. That's true. that's true, but I actually yeah. think what makes uh, what makes current the current setup so good is the sheer volume of them. Like that's probably I think that's part yeah. of the appeal. That like that basically every exit from a club is a mutual termination. Yeah, but but and this will mean that they'll they'll be genuinely mutual maybe in the future, or they'll be like it'll be like one for the hips. It'll be like a meta gag for the A League. 
like when you can finally when, when it's like when there's a, a mutual agreement and all the old a-league heads all the old destruction in the box heads go throwback yeah. thursday or something yeah yeah, yeah. and, and <laughs> um but given the parlor state of some of teams um you know the, in this post-covid world or covid world and the, the finances of some teams you could have transfer fees in the order of a jar of mustard and a couple of old psycho magazines like it could be it could be content so we'll, we'll have to see but um no shane brought that up i did pinch it for my obs um, but yeah, that's what I that's what I noticed this week. Lovely. I yes, I like I said, I backed the A League to bring the gags. Uh, and speaking about the A League bringing the gags, boys, the uh, first cab off the rank this week has to be the <laughs> the, the, the Wellington Phoenix, uh, the red card given to Roofer in that game against Macarthur. Uh, I'm still I've watched the footage more times than than Zapruder, and I just can't figure <laughs> out. On, I just can't figure out on what. Uh, on what authority and um, what incident Rufa was sent off for? I just can't figure it out. Like, how can the how can the, the VA how can the VAR have like re refereed the game and come to such disgracefully wrong call? I just can't figure it out. Dan, can you help me out? I look. It was disturbing. Um, <laughs> probably in the sense that it actually got like it was. It was. I guess it judged incorrectly. Like. Tw- Twice, like for obviously yeah. for the VAR to say, hey, maybe you need to look at this, and then um, for for the ref to look at it and go, yes, that's you know that that is a red card. Like for for, for it to almost get through, that's it. That's that feels like almost like the the checks and balances <laughs> where you can go at, at, at some point it has to be like, well, no, nothing happens there. Like that wasn't even a, a free kick against Rufa. Like that was like if was anything, so he was the player fouled. It was he was yeah. absolutely well. That's the thing in the in the commentary when they were trying to work out what was getting looked at, and Speedy was a bit onto the kick out thing. But I'm pretty sure like Robbie Slater was going, "Are we actually looking at John Rowe here?" Because John Rowe like kind of he stopped the ankle, his ankle. Yeah. yeah. So like that's why Rufa had his eyes closed, wincing in pain, <laughs> like <laughs> when he supposedly kicked out at a bloke while he was looking at the back of his eyelids. Like yeah. it just it made no sense. But for me. The most infuriating thing is that, you know, find that the VARF calls Stephen Lucas over and goes, come have another look at this. That's fine. So at that not, point, not even I, really, but still. But look, it's part of the game now, so I'll leave that. He can go have another look. But at what point can Stephen Lucas just show some cojones and be like, no, I don't have to change my opinion here. Stop wasting my time. I'm going back to ref. I've had a look. No. Like, it seems like whenever a ref gets called over, they feel compelled that they have to change their decision. Mm. And I I just don't understand why. If if, if every cloud has to have a silver lining, it is the fact that the Dome Star, CEO of Wellington Phoenix, (laughs) I've counted, he did 11 tweets between the incident and the MRP decision to downgrade the suspension from two to one week's. Now, in which included basically quote tweeting every question he got from a fan with his you know self righteous take on things. One of them, in one of them, he one quote tweet was simply to correct some spelling which he himself referred to as Trump like. So he mis <laughs> he, he misspelled he misspelled the word he misspelled the misspelled the word regulatory. Um, so when he was trying to he was you know making his stating his case, but I've counted one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Nine nine tweets until, including late last night, MIP decision on Alex Rufa comes tomorrow morning, and then this morning uh, right. he announces it. So brilliant by the Dome Star. I listened to a podcast, right? Um, 
I'm going to give away a bit of myself here. I listen to a podcast called the POD cast, which is about like review, reviews old new metal albums. Chris, I know I've told you to listen to it before. Yeah. And their way of ranking an album isn't by stars or whatever. They're like, they're like, they, they say, I'll tell you how good I think an album is by how many tweets I would go to to defend it. And it's like, <laughs> like, I think, um, I think one of the disturbed albums got like 20, 22 tweets or something from one of them. Jeez. And, and so we now know how many tweets the Dome Star will go to to defend Alex Rufa from, yeah. from an inju- inju- injustice. Is, yeah. <laughs> or, is it, or is it about how he regards Alex Rufa, who seems like a very lovely boy? Um, or is it, or is it sort of a measure of how badly he's like, you know, how badly he rates the decision to, you know, like the, the, the decision is rated almost like a minus nine in a way. Oh, like yeah. That's not, he'll that's make nine tweets about how bad the decision is. His tweets think, were actually all fine. It's just that he was obviously very passionate. And he, clearly. He's hot under the job. collar. Yeah, absolutely. He was a, he's a dome star. That's what he does. Star. I, yeah, I do. Like, so he's obviously like fired up about it. And then the match review panels looked at it and still upheld the suspension. They've, they've chopped his games from two to one, but the club's not appealing that, which they're so passionate about it i'm surprised they're not appealing at it at all i the, don't the view must be that there was something in us the, the slightest of trailing legs or holding up a leg to obstruct his opponent that's the only way because there didn't seem to be much in it a very a very very sort of um uh well, cynical view of it you could yeah maybe say he but i don't think upon re- replay and review it it was that bad Yes, if, if, if they do get that technical and start slowing it down and zooming in on that trailing leg, it, oh, of course it's going to probably look worse in slow mode yeah. than what it actually is. I, 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 I you zoom into his eyes that are fucking closed. <laughs> I could I couldn't come up with anything even looking at it in slow mo to be honest. Like you you go, that is like it's a common trope like in anything with sport. Oh yeah, but if you slow it down and you look at it frame by frame, it you know it looks bad or whatever. I couldn't even pick that on this incident. Like I couldn't yeah. even actually go. Oh yeah, at this moment. It actually looks bad, it, frame by frame. I just couldn't get there. It looked yeah. like he did nothing wrong. Yeah, I agree. We um we did get a tweet from Ando or at Thrill Horse FC Thrill House, I should say FC. Um, he just wanted us to just dedicate the entire pod to Rufus butchered red card, and we've done a pretty good job so far. But we should move on. Um, <laughs> Wellington in that game uh, actually looked they were they were really really good. They're quite enjoying the uh, the surrounds of Campbelltown, Chriso. Yeah, they, it's particularly that that first half, you know, electrifying. Um, I think we've got down here feasting on the tasty, tasty grass of um, the Macarthur region. Um, <laughs> you know, they they look scintillating. You know, um, Devia, uh, Ball, Ball. He, he's just I know he was their player of the year last year, but he just works his socks off to get into pockets. Is it young James McGarry as well, Dan? He looks pretty. Yeah, playing on look, the left. Yep. Yeah, handy. Um, and um. Hamed the started. Big boy up front now. Tom, yeah, big Tom, fella. Tom Hamed. So, yeah, yeah he's, big Israeli. So he's boy who's going to uh, he's going to cause some uh, yeah troubles up front. I reckon. So looks really exciting. Yeah, it looks exciting for them. About, it does. The best part about Welly's early dominance was that those cowbells were just put on ice. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah, they. Uh, it's uh, those fucking things. <laughs> I did like. I like when you when you listen. They've got a drum, and it's like. They do the like the the drum beat to uh to to um you know we will rock you and it's like the the the, the two kicks and then like the shaking cowbells for the snare it's like it's it, I mean they're they're 
their fans will come good. I'm, I'm sure of it. I'll back them. <laughs> but I don't love the cowbells. Um, on the other side of the coin in that game, MacArthur, um, who we were all pretty excited about seeing and we'd all penciled in for um, really going deep in the season. Championship, one, yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, one, <laughs> point, one point from uh, two home games. Not really the most auspicious way to to uh, to start there in the in the tasty grasses of Campbelltown, uh, Clarkie. Yeah, uh, MacArthur have, have looked all right in possession and stuff, and obviously playing like a high possession, lots of passing, trying to control the game, but they haven't really resulted in sort of doing progressing the ball a lot, doing a lot with it. Over, haven't been overly threatening, tons of the ball, but seem to just be passing it sideways and and just trying to sort of shift teams and break them down, but not really getting any sort of meaningful thrust forward. So I think, yeah, look, there's still plenty of talent there and I think they've got enough. They will get going, but they're just, yeah, it just seems like they're hanging on to the ball and that they don't know what to do once they get into that final third. It's probably going to take them mm. a little while just to, you know, get used to playing with each other. Yeah, you can see that that, that there is enough talent there, but it's just it's just not quite clicking to you know probably to cohesive sort of movements uh, up front that are that are super threatening at the moment. Obviously, probably wasn't until they they had the man advantage they started uh, getting getting on the front foot uh, a bit there. It was probably the first game that I think um, Derbyshire looked like he was getting into it. He had a couple of sort of nearly chances. Um, mm. like he nearly he nearly lobbed Marinovic from long range. He hit the crossbar late as well with a header. So, uh, but his his first two games uh, hadn't been too much um, so far. Mm. So it'd be good if he he starts firing for him. Yeah, yeah um, so. the, their goal was nice though. The uh, mm. the Spanish connection there, the Benyatta Susieda, um, nice finish. Um, yeah, it's still still early days on Macarthur, but uh, they would have wanted one win from th- those couple of uh, those couple of home games. Um, I'd have thought. Um, Carl Robinson during the week. Um, this was raised to us by David Keating, who uh, one of the one of the uh, the Newcastle podcast boys, the Jetstream boys. Um, he was pretty flat on Carl Robinson after they. So so Wellington, sorry, Western Sydney have gone there. They've come back with the two, the three points from uh, from Newcastle, and then after the game, Carl Robinson said, "Oh, it was just weird, you know, going there and beating a team that I built." You know, he's basically like, he's essentially suggesting that he built, built the stadium with his own two hands. And, you know, <laughs> like, yeah, the, the 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 youth team suckled at his teeth, like he nurtured them. Like, yeah, yeah. please, Carl, for fuck's sake, you're a mercenary. <laughs> He'd, he'd, he'd done 10 games, hadn't he? I think it was 10 games. It was 11. I think it was 11. 11 games. 11 games and 14, 14 days in quarantine to come back. <laughs> when he had to come he's back been, from overseas. He'd done, he spent more time in quarantine one. than actually coaching the team. <laughs> yeah. I, he, didn't, he didn't sign a single player. All those players were already there when he rocked up. He was just like, you... Score a goal. I told him to do that. <laughs> the only one timing-wise I wasn't sure, did did he maybe bring Connor O'Toole across or, or down from Brisbane? That was the only oh, one Laurie I was McKenna trying to does. Oh, Laurie McKenna, Laurie McKenna does that. Like Fucking yeah, Carl's wandering yeah. around doing a Field of Dreams impression every time someone scores a goal at training. Like, it's, yeah, but, but I thought, I thought Connor O'Toole might have been the only player. I think O'Toole was the only player that he might have actually debuted. Like, but he's he's making it sound like he's bought Roy O'Donovan out from Ireland and he signed Thomas Stanley <laughs> yeah, yeah. and Bogart as kids or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, did, I did enjoy that. And he, um, and I mean to be fair to him, like the players have gone with him, so obviously 
yeah, obviously he's a really good manager and they love him. Um, and he's doing good things at Western Sydney, but geez, it, it must have been really galling as a as a Newcastle fan. And we've we've spoken lovingly about Newey fans for a while. It must have been really gutting to like for to to lose the manager, for him to come with his new mob, take the points, go home, and then say that it'd be so shitty on him. Sorry, hey, Dando. Rudy, you say that, that Dave Keating was um, raised it with us, and he was far from the only one. Because to be honest, our mentions lit up with Newcastle fans after, um, yeah, after that quote. I think, I think we sort of sent out a tweet about it, sort of a snarky one about Carl's comments. They were a bit on the nose, and. Um, we, we had a few Jets fans slide into our mentions there. Um, I, reckon there I reckon there was, we always had 10 of them all sort of going like in, in a thread with each other about, um, about Carl and his comments. I think, I think he got under a few of their, uh, he got under their collars a bit. Indeed. As a neutral though, um, and you know, without skin in that game, it's nice to have that sort of pantomime villainy in this, in this competition. Like we've yeah. spoken about before that Australian football has got a sort of a small closed shop. Um, so to have some actual sort of like real angry, uh, genuine rivalry stuff happening, like this is the stuff that builds history. And in that way, it's, it's cool. You know, I mean, it's probably won't be able to get that sentiment across the line with Newcastle fans quite understandably, but uh you know, it's it's like for, from a, a neutral point of view, for people who have to you know make content about the league every week, it's 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 good, it's really good. Yeah. And to 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 work into that, <laughs> the the RBB bringing that Newy Tears Tifo in is uh, really <laughs> rubbing salt into the wounds, and and salt down their throats, really. Well, yeah, if, um, if they're drinking the tears. Which yeah, that's true. A bit, uh, of a, a bit of a cell phone, to be honest, but <laughs> well, I don't mind. I don't mind that one. That's decent banter. I don't know about the fold the jet sign that was held up when Tate Buckle scored. I think that's probably that's a little too much. Like, you, can, you can leave that one at home, champ. But yeah. also, like, whoever bought that, bad, that, yeah, bad for your own investment. Yeah, they <laughs> bought the club <laughs> bought into the jets. Like you've actually got a bit of money in there. <laughs> yeah, you don't want them folding. You won't make any money back on the return. Um, in Wellington, uh, Wellington. I keep going to Wellington. I did this last season with uh, Western United as well. That's I put Wellington on the brain constantly. Obviously, I'm not um, sure that Western United are still in this league. Like, <laughs> where, where are they gone? Well, they they also own some of Newcastle, so, so I think they're probably best to be around. Um, so they did lose on the weekend then. Yeah, <laughs> I guess they did. They kind of lost. Yeah. <laughs> it's good. Good to see Sydney FC have another early loss. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but the, the the goals in that game, the Tate Russell's goal that we we were mentioning, yes, that was outstanding. Great run and the, the finish with such uh, conviction, shall we say? It was a uh, lovely stuff to to watch. Um, the Wanderers are looking pretty good under Don Carlos there. Yeah, I actually I, I love the um the play of both Russell and Aquilina, um the the two kids um, bombing up and down the the left and the right there. They've um they've left Georgievsky out, which um, seemed a bit controversial um, pre match. I know Chriso might uh, might disagree with that one, but you can't argue with the um the, the two kids are out. There. Obviously, Russell and Georgievsky played alongside each other a fair bit, but um Aquilina um yeah looked really good too. When yeah, when you uh, hear Aqu- Aquilina's name. Am I the only one that thinks of that old Bob Dobolina song, Mr. Bob Dobolina? I think of Albert Aquilina oh, oh. from Liverpool, and uh, uh, yeah. So no, the answer is no. Um, the <laughs> the Aquilina looks looks good, and uh, Russell's been a Homo Sapien fan, Chris. I obviously, I, I actually, you know what, I am. But of his Deltron Thirty Thirty album, um, the 
Um, young Aquilina looks good, but I think Russell, good to see. Um, he's been on the scene a couple of years. It was, you know, and as a defender, it was a pretty, um, pretty emphatic hit. So that was nice to see. Even Zygmunt, it's always nice to see that name in full. Zygmunt is um, with his authority, um, header of authority. So yes. against I'm, I'm going to say it's always good to see a Z initial. You know, it's always good. <laughs> yep. Zed Gordon. Just love seeing it. Zygmunt. I thought um, probably the best goal of the entire game, though, was ruled off for offside. Nikolai Muller's oh, yeah. Muller's hit was fantastic, and he looked like he, he had his shooting boots on in that game. And, yeah, it was a, it's pretty stiff to get that rubbed off. I think Simon Cox was like maybe a millimeter. Yeah, had a toe offside in the lead-up, yeah. yeah. We, sh- we yeah, should also but, mention uh, um, Melbourne City, Loney, Moody, Najjar. Um, oh, he's been great. Uh, sorry, yeah. sorry, hang on. Hang on. You, you might be getting your Nadjas confused there because Najjar's at MacArthur. Uh, Rami Rami Najarine looked superb oh. in this game. Yeah. And got the yeah. assist on the uh, on that Bugard goal. On, yes. Yes. Uh, looking, it's uh, it's good to see Naj get a goal, isn't it? So it's just always oh, nice yeah, to see Naj pop up. Just always, yeah. always good. Especially um, at this time of year. So, yes. That being right. summer. <laughs> Indeed, 12th January, summer of Nige signing. A sighting, I should say. Um, we mentioned Dan Georgeski, not necessarily in the lineup. Uh, there's a bit of chat that Simon Cox might. Uh, well, I think I think he's definitely going home, isn't he? Because his wife is uh, is mm, with child mm. due soon. Yep. And um, but they've signed Jordan Much, uh, Chriso. Yeah, is it Much or Much? I'm not. Uh, oh. Yeah, but yeah, he's. Uh, don't know a huge amount about him, except he's um, a midfielder who's played a little bit in the Premier League and, and a little bit in the Championship. So is he, Dan, have we checked his uh, representatives? Uh, someone actually suggested <laughs> Someone actually suggested in our um, uh, like editor saying, oh, yeah, here's another one implying that it was an Avid signing, but I actually can't find anything on that to suggest that he is with Avid. And believe me, I looked. Uh, I I, I really had a crack at this one um, and I couldn't find anything. I searched their Twitter feed from over the years and um, couldn't, I couldn't find anything there. I I remember seeing a little bit of ago. I've just had a look and there's a, uh, an article from Vince Rigari last week saying uh, much as, or much as connection to Robinson runs even deeper. He has ties to the same management group. That's just like, like you said earlier, shelling peas. Yeah, <laughs> indeed. It's, it's, uh, it's, he's got a, 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 a um, conveyor belt of avid uh, entertainment talent. Just, um, I'm pretty sure he was on loan at Vancouver while Carl Robinson was there yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah, he was at Vancouver um, with, with with Robinson. Um, I, I remember him from a couple of years ago, oh, a few years ago now, playing for Crystal Palace. Um, don't remember heaps about him. I think it was like pretty nondescript um, sort of. Defensive midfield performer, you know. I think he may have backed up Millet in his prime, sort of. That might have been his. Uh, yeah, Millet, Millet was at Palace at that time. So, yeah, I reckon that's probably why I was watching. So. Yeah. It makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. Um, we we put out a call to um, to you guys, our wonderful listeners, um, for us to, to, to really help us out with some content in a thin week. Uh, we asked for some mailbag just to, just to hear from you guys and um, to to take the, uh, the the theme and run with it. Um, we got one from Josh Patel who, uh, who pointed out to us that um, J- James Drew, he spent a little bit of time playing uh, with just one shoe on the weekend for the Wanderers and um, was so proud of himself, he posted to his own Insta story. 
Yes. This yeah, we've played that path back into central midfield with no shoe on, and it's yeah. like, yep, that's content. Rudy, <laughs> remind me, we've met Josh, we've had beers with Josh, and he hates Josh James Troisi. Is that correct? Uh, no, no, I think it was the opposite. Loves, I think it was James no, he loves Troisi. Okay, I can't remember because I was pretty pissed. So He's president of the James Troisi fan club. That's I the think. one. Okay. Yeah. Okay. He hates someone. He hated someone else. I can't remember. He hated someone <laughs> okay. with a passion. He hated someone <laughs> with a passion, and he loved. Yeah. Okay. Sorry, Josh. If, um, yes, very good. Uh, I saw that. Um, that's the best thing James Tracy's done for for many many years. So he got um, an assist this weekend. He got the assist on the Ziggy Gordon goal. Oh, bra- bravo, James! Well done. Was he wearing both shoes at the time, though, Dan? Yeah, he was. I think. Yeah. Um, we had uh, we heard from our friend Anthony Gretsch as well. He just wanted to know, um, Dan. I'll open the floor to you on this one because I know you're passionate about it. But he asked, "Why are there not more games? The rescheduling oh. and flexibility has been non-existent. The BBL seems to be able to put a match on every night with only eight teams. So, what is the problem with the A League? How come they can't get more games up, Dan?" I, I don't know. I'm I'm a bit perplexed by this. Um, bit bit mad about it as well. Like so, basically, there was only three games scheduled last weekend. There's only three games scheduled this weekend. Now I know there's obviously complications where we're essentially got the league split in half at the moment. Um, yeah, that's okay. But you look at respective schedules and all that, and like I don't understand why Sydney and CCM weren't playing each other last weekend. There was just a, a spot and an opportunity to get a game away. Um, there because they yeah their schedules allowed it. They're not doing anything um you know we got stuck with two games last weekend yeah and, and only another three on the books for um for this weekend coming got some midweek games starting but it's like the a-league have been really unimaginative um about uh when i guess the new south wales sort of you know the the travel restrictions and the speed bump hit there they didn't think well let's sort of redo our fixture almost into two conferences there's a further um, factor with uh, Perth travel as well that I then think they can play teams that have played against a Melbourne-based team in 14 days. So it is quite complicated, but at the very least, they should be able to get a lot of um, the New South Wales games off at the moment and just sort of yeah. get what you can from the other six teams. And it doesn't feel like there's a hunger or an appetite for them to do that. And they're just kind of going, oh, well, these fixtures were already arranged for this round. We've moved some forward here and moved some forward there, rather than just rewriting the fixture for the first five rounds and getting as many games away as possible. Yep, I completely agree with you, Dan. I don't know why there isn't more. Like, I know I understood, but Melbourne could, Victory couldn't go to Brisbane, but like yep. Melbourne City also weren't playing a normal Western United this week. So, yeah, what, you know, what's wrong with one of those two teams playing each other? Like, glad the what, uh, corporate decoupling of um, the A League and the Football Association has solved these uh, governance problems, as we always yeah. were told it would. So, I'm very <laughs> comfortable with that. <laughs> it's just um yeah it's a bit it's a bit much like i know every t- like every competition is struggling with with covid like even um one as all conquering as the nba is having huge covid issues all the time uh but it just feels like the like 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 anthony said himself it just feels like they're behind always. I just feel like the A-League have kind of just sort of shrugged and gone oh well these fixtures that were already scheduled kind of work with what's happening with the restrictions at the moment. And they've just kind mm. of like slotting in a couple of extra games here and there that are bought forward from like round seven or eight or something like that, rather than just looking at it as a clean slate. This is who can play each other now. And this is who can play each other, you know, where and when, and that sort of thing and going with it. They've just kind of just gone with what they've already got and just a, some slight tinkering. 
Yeah. And and the makeup games just keep piling up. Like it's there's going to be such a massive fixture squeeze on what was already a, a condensed and and sort of squeezed season. It's just they seemed more organized last year and this was an organization that bungled Victorian teams crossing the border two or three times. Yeah, it's, yeah. Now that was good content. <laughs> yeah, it, it was. But, but they were more organized then than they are now, it seems, and that's alarming in itself. I yes. feel like they're not hubbing because they've maybe there's the possibility that later they're going to have to hub. So I guess Wellington mm. the only one doing it at the moment. The, unless restrictions change, I don't see how Perth don't end up having to hub as well. Yeah, I agree no, with that. Wait, I don't sense right now, I just can't see how Perth stay, stay at home. It, 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 yeah, I'm the restrictions you. I don't see how Perth. I can't figure out why Perth aren't already on the East Coast somewhere. Like, I know yeah. they probably don't want to because they did it last season and they felt like, the, you know, it was tough on them, but they, they're just not going to play any games if they don't do it. They're just simply yeah. not. Um, on that note, actually, um, Dave Schooner, or Magic Milosh FC, as he goes by, um, he wanted to know if Perth's delayed start was going to help or hinder them this season. Uh, what do you reckon, Dan? Oh, shit, I don't know. They're pretty, they, they've got some old players. <laughs> so <laughs> I reckon I reckon the old um, – and, and because they don't run deep as well, like I was looking – yeah, looking at their squad the other day, and like they run pretty good to about nine or ten players. Um, and they're sort of uh, they're going to be a couple of guys each week that are getting a game for them who are um, – probably a bit below the level you'd like to be starting for your A-League team, but when the fixtures start building up and you're inevitably going to have Castro will need to sit out a game or two here or there, how's Economides going to come back from his knee injury and is he going to need to be managed through the start of the season? Um, all of a sudden, you start moving up to three or four guys who are getting a game that you'd probably rather not be playing. Ah, but have you considered, Dan, that there's pretty much going to be an entire transfer window before they play <laughs> so so maybe they'll have an entirely new team who knows they did, they did bring in a new central defender uh, which i know was a huge concern of ours um yes, yes uh, was. sorry i actually forgot to write his name down but, yeah german um, german fellow sounded really good on paper um wouldn't yeah. be the first guy who's come to the league who sounded really good on paper but we'll um yeah we'll like we'll see how he goes it, it, it seems like they might have a couple of decent um uh decent guys to to hold up the middle there which was a massive concern of ours in our uh, pre-season previews mm, indeed it was uh, on the same note as covid we had uh dave stewart got in touch on facebook he just wanted to know he's from brisbane he just wanted to know if we had any toilet paper left as victorians Jeez. um <laughs> how are you stocked up clark at your new joint uh, I've probably got about five or six rolls. That's about it. We we um we get like the um the orders from who gives a crap, and yeah. but accidentally yeah. clicked the wrong box on our last order and got forty eight rolls sent, and like that's that's just that's so too many. In, in need of TP, slide into Dan's DMs There's and he'll the, sell them to you at a fair and reasonable price of thirty six dollars <laughs> per roll. <laughs> uh, that's good. Um. We also, uh, Chriso, have you got? Uh, with a, we've got uh, and he, uh, a man we love, uh, young Ren. Uh, he emails us a bit about uh, Western Sydney. Have you got? Uh, have you got it handy there, Chriso? The, I do. The I'm just um, re- ringing this up presently. Yeah. Ren is our um, uh, semi-regular Western Sydney Wanderers correspondent who um, chooses to correspond only via email, which email. is a, yep. And he, he just says some beautiful things at times. Um, now, he, he's he really he's got it in for the MacArthur Bulls. Um, yeah. I'll, tell you that, I'll tell you that much. Uh, but he's really um, 
he's he's referred to their um their uh, ownership or, or management, Sam Krizlovich and Lang Walker. He suggested they're on a par with the fraudsters from Western United. <laughs> yeah. And my favourite, he says, quote, my personal nickname for MacArthur is MacArthur Bullshitters. So <laughs> um, that that is – and good. he said that MacArthur have stolen some of the Wanderers' catchment, the bastards, um, and he's just a glorious, glorious person. And yeah. we will continue to bring you some of Ren's greatest – hits as the season continues, but he's very bullish, no pun intended, sorry, Ren, about his own sides, um, about his own side, the the Wanderers, about their prospects. Um, obviously, you know, acknowledging um, that, you know, Margush has got some big um, shoes to fill there and, um, you know, he, he likes Tate Russell and this message was sent a while ago, so he was all about, would have been up and about with Tate on the weekend. So, um I wish you well in your um, non-stop, ongoing, eternal guerrilla war against the Bulls, Ren. You know, I've got your back, mate. The Bullshitters. <laughs> the bullshitters. Yeah. Um, MacArthur <laughs> Bullshitters, your, your personal nickname. Um, and he also says some other things about Russian mafia money and Eastern <laughs> Suburbs Football Club. Yeah. I love this guy. That's always nickname of CCM, Bogans. I like that one. Yeah, He's got Bogan, beef with yeah. every other team in the Sydney metropolitan area except WSW. I love this man. Yeah, that's you, the Ren. way it should be. I love I you, Ren. Like, he sent us um, the like the upcoming fixture for uh, for the Wanderers as well, and he referred to um, the game versus Adelaide as a grudge match. And I've been trying to figure out why. And my best bet is the um, maybe the bad blood with Adelaide and James Truisey. What do you reckon? Yeah, maybe didn't they play each other in grand final a few years ago? They they did that's true yes at Adelaide Oval yeah 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 Adelaide won it was a really really uh, it was a great game um, and I think we're just about done here but um, Clarky Ben Smith who's a big fan of the pod a West Australian fellow hello to you Ben uh, he wanted to know if we could re- recast any film with A League players which film are you choosing and which players are you casting Clarky well, that's a that's a great question so I had a little bit of a think about this today on my lunch break and I came up with two ones. Uh, given Perth's delayed start to the season and and we know what Diego Castro did with with road tripping last year in his caravan, I propose that he he takes the role of Clark Griswold in <laughs> National Lampoon's vacation. <laughs> I love that movie. <laughs> All right. And another one I thought about, and I had to work this a little bit. I had a few other ones, but I was like, well, I probably can't say that on air. Um <laughs> Was uh, Matt Simon to be recast in the leading role of the Michael Douglas film Falling Down? <laughs> <laughs> so, mine was a bit similar, and I'd, I'd had trouble coming to the other roles, but I wanted to recast the Big Lebowski with Matt Simon in the Walter Sobchak role. Oh, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, very good. I'm thinking some some like who's a pretty chill character, like someone like a Ryan Grant could maybe like maybe be the oh, dude. Yeah. Ryan Brook Grant could 100% be. He's already got the car for it as well. Yeah. You know, he's, got, he's got that like 1980s uh, Volvo that's very much like the dude's car. Um, yeah. And then I'm trying to think of a relatively inoffensive sort of uh, like laid back character to play uh, poor old Donnie. But Donnie. yeah, but that's, that's, a, that's a struggle. It's a struggle to get to. Shut I, the fuck up, Donnie. <laughs> you have no frame of reference here, Donnie. Um, yeah. I. I was looking at one of my favorite shows, um, which is Better Call Saul, but then I was looking at it's more um, 
well-known uh, original series, Breaking Bad, which I think everyone who's listened to this podcast would have watched. So I was looking at like um, I had um, Matt Simon as as Todd Elquist, played by Jesse Plemons, <laughs> that freak at the end who cooks all that meth, and I had um, uh, Andy Harper as Hank Schrader. I <laughs> I think they look similar. That's that's good stuff. I had. That's all I, like I that. had. I probably I like uh, for me, I reckon um, Roy O'Donovan could maybe uh, maybe play Tyler Durden. Bye, oh, yeah. yeah. oh, I tell you what, Roy O'Donovan as um um in in Bruges, like he's already got the accent for um, what's his face as character. Colin Farrell. Colin Farrell's character, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I would watch that as well. Like I I'd watch a movie that's just like uh like Roy O'Donovan having an existential crisis like in a, in, a, <laughs> in a picturesque location, it'd be great. And it'd be really and good. T- oh, the twenty eighteen grand final. <laughs> and, <laughs> <laughs> and I think touching on touching on um, what another another listener came in and and said for their mailbag, I think um, Goodfellas, Nikki Santoro, played by Ross Aloisi, uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> want, wanted to make sure that we didn't forget. We haven't mentioned that Ross is actually back at Adelaide as an assistant this year. So thanks to Kazanaki for make, highlighting that. We knew, but we will make sure, sure we'll get we'll get down on Ross Watch. We'll get down on Ross really Watch. Um, yes. It'll come up at some point when uh, fisticuffs are required. I'm sure Ross Aloisi will make himself known to the A-League at some point. He, he will. Um, I think uh, I think that just about uh, does it for us, boys. I think we've, we've managed to squeeze out a decently long pod from two games of A-League, which is a credit to us as a podcast, I think. And and But more so to you, the listeners, um, for really helping us out there. The, the mailbag was absolutely on point. Um, and I tell you what, if you guys could get in contact with us and tell us who you would cast uh, in in recast in films with A-League players uh, in a similar vein, that would be awesome because we would love to hear that. That is a that is a rich, rich vein to mine, I think, um, for co- for content. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I think it just about does it uh, does it for us. I think Dan will probably likely to be taking a couple of weeks off from here, aren't you? Because uh, yeah, Lauren, is, your, your wife is very, very, very due. Yeah, actually, to be honest, last I heard just before I started the pod, I'm pretty sure contractions were about half an hour apart. So I'll get an update on that in a sec. Um, I'm not, mm-hmm. e- I'm not even joking there. So um, I yeah, just heard her start the car. Yeah, she's yeah. in the bedroom at the moment. So we'll uh, we'll get an up- we'll get an update in a sec and uh, yeah, see where we're at. Indeed. Uh, so yeah, that's been uh, um, enough for us for this week for destruction in the box. My name is uh, Rudy Etzel, being your host. I've been joined by Andrew Clark. Cheers, Rudy. Dan Fisher. Thanks, Rudy. And of course, Chris Alloy. Thanks, Rudy. We'll see you next week.